Science and Technology. Welcome to Steampunks. I'm your co-host, Emily Shock. And I'm Zachary Shock, your co-host, husband, and number one fan of Emily. Aww. Sorry about this week, guys. I had a sudden promotion at work. Yay! It was a little crazy, but things are working out. It's good. It's good for a bank account. Woo! Hooray! What are we talking about this week? This week we are talking about someone I am very excited about, because with our music major pasts, we're going to be able to geek out on this one pretty well. What do you know about the romantics? They like to hug and kiss, hold hands, (laughs) touch feet sometimes. Play footsie, maybe. Sometimes. (laughs) But never the ankle. Nope. Mm-mm. Never the ankle. Never the ankle. Come on, give me what you really know about the romantics. They enjoyed overdoing everything. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's the period where the four T C E C E C E C E C E C Mo came about. <laughs> very, 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 very loud. Yes, the romantics were artists and musicians and writers who go overboard, who do the, you know, it comes after rationalism they loved what they were doing and they wanted to show how much they loved what they were doing so of the romantic composers you could say today's subject is the queen of the romantics madonna (laughs) i mean we could do a show about madonna i'd have to go fix no it's clara schumann (laughs) no schumann I, I've heard of Clara, obviously, but... <laughs> but yes, she is married to Robert, one of the prolific male composers of the Romantic era. Very famous, both of them, for a German leader art song. German was my favorite language to sing in. It's such a beautiful language to sing in. The consonants and all the vowels are pure, and not unlike that R sound. <laughs> pure... pure. The emotions come from the words, just how they're put together. Of course, exactly. I love it. I love it. Anyway, we got to keep going. (laughs) So, Clara, let's learn a little bit more about her. Uh, She was born September 13th, 1819, Clara Josephine Wieck. Her parents were Friedrich and Marianne. Friedrich was a shop owner for a music store. He rented out instruments music lending library. He taught the piano in his spare time. Very prolific musician. He taught a lot of famous pianists, including Clara. Did he go around on a train trying to sell trombones, clarinets? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) As for her mother, Marianne, she was a famous opera singer, a soprano. Oh, a real pre-Madonna. Boo. <laughs> I'm gonna keep using that joke. I'm sorry. I will be taking applications for <laughs> new co-hosts soon. 
Her parents were not the best match in the world. After her youngest brother, Victor, was born, her parents separated because Friedrich, her father, had been having an affair and wanted to be with his mistress instead. So Cool dude. Super cool dude. First of the many super duper cool things he is going to do. Spoilers. <laughs> no. So Marianne went to Dresden and took Victor, the baby, and Clara with her. But the way that the laws were set up at the time, once Clara turned five, she had to return to live with her dad, who had full custody of her from then on out. And she hardly, if ever, saw her mother until much later in her life after that. Great legal system. Super cool. Uh, she actually didn't speak until the age of four. They were afraid she might be deaf. But she was just slow to pick it up. So a day in the life of toddler, kid, teenager, Clara, was filled with piano lessons, violin lessons, music theory lessons, and composition lessons. All right. Very little actual schooling happened. She went for like two years sometimes, and then all focused on music. Here's a triangle. Here's a square. All right. <laughs> and done. So, but she was very good at the piano and started giving recitals at the age of nine. Oh, wow. Her father was her manager until her 19th birthday. So he, you know, planned her recitals and, and took her to the places, booked them for her, collected the money, all that jazz. All right. Um, and it's actually, instead of school, he would have her copy some of his work correspondences, you know, asking for money to pay for her or... So she was her own secretary, Kinda. basically? For That's how she learned to write, was reading and copying letters about her touring schedule. Fun. So her first recital, and we're going to talk later more, remind me. Also, my notes will remind me, but remind me. We're going to talk more later about this word recital and what that really means. Her first recital was at the age of nine. And there, actually, Robert Schumann was in attendance. He was 18. Oh, boy. I, know. I used to think their love story was so romantic. But then you look at the ages and it's rough. Anyway. I mean, when you're like 40 and he's 49. No, exactly. But, but the, fa uh. the thing is, um, Robert was so enamored with her playing at this point. It was purely, holy the cow, she's really good at this. I want to yeah. be really good at this, too. <laughs> so he convinced his mother to let him stop going to law school and learn how to be a composer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he rented out a room in the Veek's house and started taking lessons from Friedrich. And this is where... Okay, I'm going to say this is where Clara and Robert became friends. You know? Okay. I, hopefully there was... Maybe there was. Hopefully there wasn't anything sexual until she was 16, which is when he fell in love with her. And, you know, they, they made that she loved him back. And they tried to start dating or courting each other or whatever it was in that time. And her dad hated it. Oh, no. He was like, no. <laughs> Do I want dad? Dad. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, though. Going back to her music career, she started touring when she was 11. Nice. So going around Europe, performing these recitals, uh, sometimes performing things she composed herself, little simple things. Did she get to live the, the rock star life? She like was pretty much a rock star. <laughs> you know, she was 
extremely talented. She was a, uh, what do they call it? Prodigy. She was a prodigy. She was absolutely a prodigy. Mm. <laughs> so going back to the timeline a little bit, now she is 16. They're, they've fallen in love and her father is not happy about it. He forbids them to see each other, kicks Robert out, stops. Well, he actually still gives him lessons because he does respect him a lot as a musician, <laughs> but just don't date my daughter. <laughs> I mean, did did he pay for the lessons at least? Oh, I'm uh, probably yeah. So that's probably part of it. <laughs> they kept they kept secretly talking though. They had a friend that would deliver Ooh. letters for them. So cute. So while that drama was happening, when she was 18, her next tour stop was Vienna. Ooh, we went there. It was pretty nice. It was beautiful. Very extravagant. <laughs> Gorgeous. So while she was there, she performed a bunch of recitals and was lauded for every one of them and actually became the first female Protestant teenager non-Viennese person to be named the Royal and Imperial Chamber Virtuoso. That's a very specific set of things. Well, I mean, I she mean... was all of those things, and I just put them all together. She, oh, She was the enough. first woman. She was the first Protestant, the first teenager, okay. and the first person who was not raised in Vienna. <laughs> wow. The okay. emperor was impressed. <laughs> so when she was 19, she was like, I'm going to travel even further. I want to go to Paris. And her father wouldn't allow it. He He was like, no, I won't go with you. And she's like, fine, I'll take my nanny. And he's like, no, your nanny's not going to go with you. If you want to go, you have to go with this random stranger. So she went with a random stranger. She took over her manager duties for herself mm. at that point and continued to be really famous and super talented. Don't need you, dad. Don't need you, dad. Because, I mean, on top of all of this emotional abuse, there's records that he was also very physically abusive. He's not a cool dude. Fair enough. So she decided to stay in Paris because she was doing really well on her own. Yeah. There. So she stayed there. When she came back, she was there for a little bit and then wanted to come back to, to Dresden to be with her family. When she came back, Robert petitioned Friedrich for her hand in marriage. She was He had still... 3,000 signatures. <laughs> yeah, he started a change.org petition and said, <laughs> you gotta let me marry her. <laughs> All these people say, no, <laughs> he, you know, may I have your daughter's hand in marriage for she is your property and I want her to be mine. Instead of a radio above his head, he had a piano out Just there. Just a little tiny piano with a monkey playing it. <laughs> we are way off track. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, no, Friedrich did. I need a bigger piano and a better <laughs> monkey. So... <laughs> So Robert and Clara went to the courts and sued him for her right to marry Robert. The thing is, she was 19 at this point still. Once she turned 21, she would no longer need his permission legally. So they could have waited it out. Mm -hmm. But they went, petitioned the court, and started this really long legal battle. He kicked her out, and she had to go stay with her mother, who she hadn't seen in, like, 14 years. Oh, boy. <laughs> and he didn't send her with any money or anything. She was financially taken care of by Robert at this point. Okay. Was he relatively famous by this point? Oh, yeah. He had his own following. A lot of the things that she would perform at her recitals were his work. Okay. Because as much as her father hated him, she he, he really loved his music. <laughs> he, he was famous and, and was making his own money. But she also made her own money, too. She was her own manager at this point and went and did some recitals, got some gigs, 
and took care of herself, too. Hmm. So as for this court battle, just back and forth, Veek wrote this whole long thing about how Schumann was the worst person in history, <laughs> and he was bad at music. He, okay. Which he's lying about, because he loved his music. That was evil and bad, and there's no way he should marry Clara. So Schumann also filed a slander suit against him. Uh, Clara, uh, <laughs> would you please present to the court your programs with his music on it? <laughs> bad music. <laughs> I wanted her to look bad. Since he couldn't talk about Schumann bad anymore after the slander suit, he went after Clara and started publishing how she was so terrible and not even that good without him. And Schumann was infecting her and making her worse. And all the while, she's still touring and making just as much money. And no one actually cares about anything he said. <laughs> so, Pay attention to me. <laughs> July 1840, uh, the court ruled in favor of the couple, and they married the day before Clara's 21st birthday. No, oh, no. So, I mean, in principle, it was needed, <laughs> but honestly, could have just waited. But he was terrible, so he was worth fighting. So they got married, and I guess now it's time for a honeymoon and for us to go to... The Alchemy Lab. The Alchemy Lab. Every time now. <laughs> Cinema's hottest podcast is home viewing. What are you doing? This show has everything. Please stop. Blu-rays, DVDs, dog sounds, <sighs> guest this episodes. This isn't working. But you know what does work? Discussing our entire film library week by week in alphabetical order. <sighs> I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is Home Viewing. Wednesdays on the Pocket Podcast Network. And we're back. All right. Woo. So they're married now. Aw. Gross. <laughs> Those romantics. They like each other. <laughs> uh, one of the many ways that they celebrate their love is they kept a couple's diary. Because, Ooh. you know, she'd be off for a couple weeks, he'd be there, blah, blah, blah. So she would write in it for a little bit, and then they'd trade it off, and he'd read it and write his part. And it was a really sweet thing, because when she was little, I forgot to mention, her dad made her keep a diary, which he would read, punish her for appropriately for whatever she wrote. And sometimes he would write his own entries as Clara. Did she know he was oh, yeah, yeah. looking in the... Yeah. Then why would she write she did bad stuff? Because she was like nine. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and did she think that she made the ones that he wrote? No, she knew those were dumb. Okay. I mean, I guess I don't know that as a fact, but I choose to believe that she knew those weren't real. Never know. <laughs> so this couple's diary was very sweet and good. As opposed to that. A real therapeutic mm. kind of, yeah. So one of the first things they did in 1841, so they were married for a year at this point, they published a song cycle called Liebesfrühling, which means... Literally love spring, uh, but I think it was kind of written as dawn of love. Okay. Yeah, 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 cool. And it was 12 song cycle, nine songs per were composed by Robert and three by Clara, movements 2, 4, and 11. 
but hers are by far the most popular and were from the beginning. <laughs> and when I when I looked that up, I thought that was weird. So I went and listened to the cycle. One, I love it. It's my new favorite thing. <laughs> we need to perform it somewhere sometime for some reason. Two, you can tell which ones are Robert and which ones are Clara's. Robert's are great. He's Robert Schumann. He knows how to write leader. <laughs> yeah. His harmonies make sense. His melodies are pretty. But Clara's takes it that little step further. Hers is more deeply in the center of romantic style. His is more pretty early on. Yeah. They they're kind of right on the like beginning of romantic end of classic yeah right? so 1841 so he's not taking nearly as many risks as she is and you mm -hmm. can hear it so perfectly in uh the second movement erist gekommen in sturm und regen which means he came in storm and rain and just listen to this just 30 seconds and and you'll see what I mean. Yeah, you would be able to guess it's called that. Just listening the first thirty seconds. Here we go. So, so what she just said was, Er ist gekommen in Sturm und Regen, im Schlung beklommen, mein Herz entengen. Which is, he came in storm and rain, my anxious heart beat against his. Okay. So in that part we just heard, the rain, <laughs> falling, the storm. Mm -hmm. But still underneath the da 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 that beat keeps going and that's their hearts beating together and it's Duh. it's so poetic and so musical and it's just that was twenty seconds of song <laughs> and I and I could go for hours and again Roberts are fine just not nearly that level of of word painting. Even before the words start. Yeah. Wow. And all of her pieces are like this. Her, her violin stuff, her quartet stuff, her, her piano concerto is gorgeous. Just so much melody. Gorgeous. Nice. Robert also doesn't take as many deviations in the harmony as she does. Just thirds all the way around. A lot of open fifths. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but you can blame her dad, because he's the one that taught him, so... True, but he didn't have quite that zing that Clara did. At least in my opinion. This is all so super subjective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> and that was just the beginning of their musical career together. She would arrange his instrumental works for piano and perform them in her recitals. So people would hear them from her and go, oh, we should go hear how that sounds with... A whole orchestra. That's cool. One major issue they had was they could never work on music at the same time. Oh, no. Because either they only had one piano or they had two pianos that were back to back. <laughs> so it's not like you can practice together. They didn't have headphones to... <laughs> and she often deferred to him. As amazing and talented as she was... 
she still gave in to that patriarchal idea that composing was not women's work. So right. she thought, you know, okay, I'm pretty good at this, but they are inherently better, which yeah. is wrong, especially <laughs> for you, Clara. Just go for it. Because you're so good. Promise you, you'll win. <laughs> uh, so she deferred to him and her career slowed down a bit, but she she always performed, maybe not as often, but she never really stopped. And she composed here and there. Robert and Clara had eight children together. Oh, wow. So she raised eight children, performed, composed, and taught for her whole life, pretty much. Jeez. Superwoman. One friend that the couple shared they met in 1853 was Johannes Brahms. Good dog. <laughs> what good for you? <laughs> I have heard that Johannes Brahms cereal does give you the runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so they were very good friends <laughs> all three of them Brahms did have a a crush on Clara and didn't really try and hide it and it was very much unrequited the thing is this was the romantic era courtly love like that harmless flirting mm -hmm. no one really cared they kept being really good friends anyway yeah the first hippie era <laughs> And Brahms actually turned out to be one of the most steadfast friends of her life because she'd need him really, really badly soon. So Schumann had a mental breakdown uh, four years into their marriage. So they moved from the big city back to Dresden mm -hmm. under doctor's orders. And a few years later, he still wasn't doing well. And he attempted a death by suicide. Mm-hmm. By jumping into the Rhine. He was saved, but committed himself into a clinic that okay. Brahms did all the research and everything and, and determined, like, yes, this is the best place for you to go. Nice. And that's where he stayed for two and a half years. Wow. And Clara wasn't allowed to visit him. One. They were allowed no. to write letters, but... They never saw each other for two and a half years. She didn't She didn't have him with her for two and a half years. And their mm -hmm. circle of friends was invaluable. It, it was Brahms. It was violinist uh, Joseph Joachim, who she performed with more than any other instrumentalist. Okay. So they were very close. They all helped take care of her, and they were there for her. And they were just, like, super best friends. Nice. All the time, Brahms still in love with her, but it <laughs> it never went anywhere. It was fine. <laughs> Can still have platonic relationships, even if there's some. Even if, if even if you have a crush on someone and they don't like you, that's fine. You can't force it on them. You can still be friends. It's fine. Just don't be weird. Just don't be weird. It's fine. <sighs> so they took care of her two and a half years, and she didn't see Robert again until just a few days before his death. Oh no! So the whole time. She kept touring as a pianist, and after mm -hmm. he died, she continued to do so, but she only composed one more piece. She mm. just wasn't really in it. Yeah. Uh, she did edit a bunch of Robert's pieces and, and publish them with her edits. So many of Robert Schumann's pieces, it says, edited by Clara <laughs> in, the, in the header, so... Were these ones that he just didn't finish yeah, they just before he died? they just weren't polished okay. for publication yet. 
Oh, so she didn't get to add her own little flair into I mean, her. I'm sure she probably did. <laughs> Uh, another thing she did is she became the piano teacher at the Hawk Conservatory in Frankfurt in 1878 and kept performing while teaching. Nice. She was a superwoman. <laughs> Her last public concert was in 1891 at the age of 72. Oh, wow. She literally performed her entire life. Mm-hmm. She kept teaching at the conservatory until her death on May 20th, 1896. She died of a stroke. Mm. Long, full life, and she was buried next to Robert. Yeah. Okay. So she was, other than her just being super talented, here's why Clara was so important in music history. She was a concert pianist in a time where nine out of ten female performers were vocalists. Yeah. So it was very much like, you know, singing is... Women are good at singing. They can do that part because it's it's just natural and in the voice. But instruments are work and mind and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was like, nope, look at how good I can play. <laughs> and she invented what we now know as a recital, like a classic music recital. Yeah. Liszt, Franz Liszt, another romantic composer, her contemporary, came up with the word recital before that, performances were more like Jazz chamber. Halls. No, more like chamber music evenings, where like you know a chamber orchestra would play something, and then a vocalist would do an aria, and then someone would do this, and someone would do that, and it was just sort of what was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. List came up with the phrase recital, and his was mostly his own transcriptions and original works, so it was like just his stuff. But in a solo, however long, evening. Yeah, kind of uh, showing off specific things. Yes. Clara, she is the one responsible for... You know how we had to do recital attendance for our music stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. And every time they start with a medieval piece. And then they go into the Baroque. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they go to classical, maybe a romantic or two, then a couple modern pieces. Yeah. It's always oldest to newest, unless they're going for something really artsy. different. Artsy. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's just the standard way of doing it. And she's what came up with that. Okay. Instead of just doing like the pop hits of the day, she would start with a Baroque piece, always do a Beethoven sonata in the middle, and finish with a modern romantic piece. Okay, kind of more of a museum than a attraction. Yeah, exactly. And she also performed all of these by memory. Uh, She's the one that did that. Why? <laughs> because it's it Don't it's say classy. Beautiful. It's <laughs> it's you know, watching someone read a sheet music is less personal because they're so buried in it. Yeah. When it's memorized, you're more connected with the instrument, with your audience, with the space, and not just staring at a piece of paper. I would argue different, but that's just because I have anxiety, so I just stare at (laughs) one single spot on that piano until it's over. There you go. It's fine. Whatever (laughs) works. But so, yeah, she was a prodigy who wrote beautiful music. She invented the modern recital, and I love her very much, Clara Schumann. Everybody. Beautiful. (sighs) I love her so much. (laughs) 
All right. Well, we are a part of the Pocket Podcast Network, bringing quality content right to your pocket. Check out other shows on the network, like The Ghoul Tank just dropped a new episode last week. It's very good. They create their own cryptids. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, and them's the facts and others that you can find on pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Follow us on at Steampunks Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at shocking underscore awesome. Thanks to the band The Crips for the use of their song Marie Curie for our intro and outro. I'm Emily. And I'm Zach. And keep flying, you beautiful, majestic, steam-powered Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.